If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. You're listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and not Darnell Samuels. If you're watching the video version of this, you already know. You can see a good old friend of the show, IJ Macon, making a return. Uh, Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I'm not Darnell. (laughs) (laughs) As as I'm sure our audience can tell from the audible difference. Yeah, Darnell's got a busy week. I was talking to him yesterday, marking report cards and... And all that uh, being a teacher. Busy man. He's a busy man nowadays. Yes, sir. So, you know, IJ joined us before for a number of episodes. We had our first extra change episode, Crypto Freedom. So check that out on Buy Me a Coffee if if that's your uh, thing or if you're interested. Uh, Obviously, there's uh, some recent crypto news. Who better to bring on than than good old IJ bringing that one back? So. uh, Some for, crazy for the, news happening. Yes, and and you know <clears throat> FTX and and uh, our our boy SBF, which we'll we'll get into and uh, do some explaining. And uh, so hopefully the audience, uh, if they're unfamiliar, will try to keep this at the right level of depth for the the mediocre or or non crypto uh, enthusiast. And uh, yeah, let's see. IJ, how long have you been uh, following FTX? <sighs> Oh, I've been following it from the moment that I uh, that um, CZ, the CEO, the founder of Binance, tweeted about it. And I was like, "Oh, something's happening here." So I just I've been following that. So that was like November. Oof, I want to say that was November seventh. I think November sixth or November fourth was when the article by Coinbase uh, Coin Desk came out, mm. where they, it was the leaked um, balance sheet of FTX, where it showed that they 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 had no money. They were yes. just the, the emperor. It was, was like gaping hole. The mm-hmm. emperor has so, closed. And it just, it's getting worse and worse. And now it just, you know, today, we, uh, today was uh, Genesis <clears throat> needed the 1 billion for, to be bailed up. And I don't think anybody bit the uh, bait. So that's another huge. So, so let's take a step back. Obviously we jumped into it a little bit for the, for yeah. the listener. Basically FTX is a, uh, or was, I was going to say large crypto exchange, was a large crypto exchange. Uh, for those that are you know new to this industry, the exchange is basically much like your stock exchange in the sense that you can swap uh, coins or, or crypto assets in, in those places. There's a number of different structures. We'll get into it a little bit later, but purpose of the, you know, the focus of this show, we're going to talk about what is FTX, what happened. Obviously, IJ teased that a little bit already. Uh, we'll get into centralized versus decentralized finance and really you know the different types of exchanges that qualify as such uh, and then lastly we'll get into uh, SBS SBF which is the CEO Sam can you pronounce his name Sam, Sam Bagman Freed Bankman Bankman Freed yes um SBF is is I think his Twitter handle and sort of became a moniker for him but I think we're going to talk SBF, about FTX if yeah. I'm not mistaken I think you're right. So SBF, we're going to talk about his love affair with both regulators and the Democrats as we uh, finish up this conversation. So um, IJ, what, 
well, uh, before we get into what is FTX, I'm curious your use of exchanges, uh, you know, just in the sense of there's there's a moniker people talk about not your keys, not your coin. Um, for the mm-hmm. for the listener who's getting into this, they might not know what that means. Basically, that idea is that when your money's in an exchange or on a website, vast majority of the time, they're actually the custodian or holder of your asset. And if they went bankrupt, you don't have ability to access it. Whereas mm-hmm. your keys, your coins is the idea. Like for me, I have a hardware wallet. That piece of hardware can be restat, reset, but essentially I am the custodian of that. And, and nobody, no bank or no FTX or exchange going bankrupt uh, removes my ability to control those those crypto assets. So I'm curious your use of, let's call them exchanges or, or mm-hmm. you know, online scenarios and, and yeah. FTX in general. Did you ever use them? I mean, I tried to use uh, I tried to use FTX once, but it's banned. Uh, well, it wasn't approved in uh, Ontario. You mean Canada? So- um so but i tried it once because it's you could connect ftx to exodus wallet which is a soft wallet um uh but so in terms of my usage of exchanges like i would say i've bought you know any crypto that i bought i've bought it through exchanges um and you know it's all your normal exchanges except for ftx um i've used binance before binance has which is you know which is all related i'm sure we'll get to binance uh, binance <laughs> one of the what binance is now the largest exchange but exchanges make it easy for your everyday folks to buy crypto mm-hmm. or bitcoin mm-hmm. uh, whereas if you'd used whereas previously if it was like back in 2000 you know 2011 or 2012 you know when exchanges were kind of new people were buying it solely based on trust right you'll be on craigslist be like hey i'm selling bitcoin and then somebody be like okay i'll e-transfer you and then you're, <laughs> you, you hope that they send you bitcoin <clears throat> and so you know like centralized exchanges made it easy easier to uh to purchase uh cryptos but then you know obviously we had some big fallouts with like mount gox and all that um yeah i mean i, I you know i'm i I like exchanges because it makes it super easy for me to buy stuff, uh, which if, you know, if I think that if, if it makes it easy for me to buy it for somebody who's sort of, you know, I, not, not an expert in crypto, but somebody who's sort of more well-versed, you know, you can only imagine <laughs> if somebody new tries to come and they're like, okay, how the, how the heck do I buy Bitcoin? And then if you told them, actually, you know, you have to send your money, <laughs> random dude who will then send it. This guy on Kijiji, <laughs> I found this ad, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, for the, you know, the novice or, or the person who's only getting into this, you know, what is it? Is it 2011, the start? Is, uh, is that the right? I think the, uh, for Bitcoin, I don't know, I think 2000. Genesis block is. Genesis block is 2009. Yeah. Think, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think 2011 is sort of when it picked up a little bit more, but, but yeah, yeah. the Genesis, that, that sounds right. Yeah. So, you know, this is collapse. T- 10 years ago, you know, Crazy. is exactly what you're talking about was happening, right? That, yeah. that was the method of getting crypto now or Bitcoin. Now we're talking about a, an asset that one Bitcoin is $20,000. Back then it was like pennies or a dollar, right? Yeah, like, I don't even think it was a dollar, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously, you know, uh, taking that slightly high risk of sending a random dude money on Kijiji yeah. could result in a lot of benefit today 
Yeah. But had I done a hundred bucks, I might've just lost that hundred bucks because of the ability to trust. And so your point is, I think the exchanges created a level of trustworthy entity mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. could give my credit card information to mm-hmm. that had been, you know, obviously Visa and MasterCard were willing to work with them mm-hmm. sometimes over the years, but sometimes, yeah, <laughs> um, sometimes. You know, <laughs> sometimes, but, but in general, when they were working with them, that gave you sort of confidence that, Hey, I, I'm using a company that has a little bit of reputation as opposed to Joe Schmo, who may or may not send me my coins. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I, I should be, I should, you know, just to add to your point yeah, with centralized exchanges, and this is a practice that I've been doing since I first bought my, I first bought my first, my first bought, uh, let's just say, uh, first bought Bitcoin in 2017 was even back then. I don't even know how. I was like, hmm, I should take this off. So that's when I had my first, but that was a soft wall. That was Exodus. Um, so I would always take it off central, uh, so like uh, exchanges. I would always take it off, you know, I, and it was always a habit. And, you know, um, a friend of mine uh, who got in, uh, a few friends of mine who got into crypto, I've been telling them to take it off exchanges, you know, over and over and over. And I think finally with the uh, FTX debacle, I think a lot of them are like, oh, okay. Sounds like a good idea to be the owner of my uh, be the owner of the key, right? Yep. So, because yep. nobody can take it once it's on. Like if you have Ledger, which is a hard wallet, and it's like a, I don't have a USB, but it looks like a USB. You can put it on. Yep. Nobody can take it from it unless you give your password away. Yeah, it's it's you know very difficult. Uh, essentially, it's like someone has to hold you at gunpoint, like they would your wallet, to really yeah. to to steal what you have on it. So, mm-hmm. um, I I would say you know. It's a good point that um, you're making with respect to exchanges. There are some differences. I mean, you use the term centralized exchanges. There are others that have been decentralized. And, and I would say they, they work well in regards to swapping the decentralized, yes. but they don't work well as on-ramps in terms of converting mm-hmm. fiat or mm-hmm. dollars into crypto. And so that's where things like Coinbase, Binance, and and FTX and other exchanges sort of offered that service. Let's call it as an on-ramp to those assets and decentralized fi- uh, exchanges. Like Uniswap. Uniswap, One Inch, um, yeah. Changely. I think there, there's enough. And I think you could have used even FTX as a decentralized one with my ledger, for example. I do have ledger. Um, mm. Now, you couldn't use them in Canada, but I did see them as a non-usable option. And what I mean mm. is, I could have my ledger, use FTX to make the exchange. Now, I'd have a short window where I'm exposed because I they would essentially take custodian of, let's say, Bitcoin and convert it into Ethereum. Mm-hmm. The, until the Ethereum comes back to me, there is a, a shorter window of exposure. Mm-hmm. The idea of your friends who have left their money on the exchange, it's like leaving the cash in the bank account. If that yeah. bank went bankrupt, you're in trouble. Now, in the benefit of the banking system they have the federal reserve and mm-hmm. the fiat dollar system that you don't get go you don't lose your money because mm-hmm. of the man that that system essentially has infinite supply they just print more and give it to you yeah right until until <laughs> until the bank until they um until you turn it to like until they Japan, tell inter- Japan, turn yeah. into, i was gonna say zimbabwe but yeah oh yeah <laughs> zimbabwe is yeah. the best yeah. example because they've had a, a few hyperinflationary events so sure uh you know moving into you know, that, that first point, what is FTX and what really happened here? Yeah. I mean, FTX is the central, it's the central, it was the second largest exchange in the world, like just under Binance. 
And they came, you know, during everybody, including myself, you know, we thought the worst of the crypto winter was like when uh, Three Arrow Capital, uh, BlockFi and all these other um, big players kind of came crashing and they were running out of money. And FTX, specifically Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF, who I'll just refer to him as SBF, came in as as the guy, as the crypto savior, as the Jesus of crypto. I, that, that's a term I use. But like people call him like JP Morgan, you know, he's like the JP Morgan of crypto because he came in and he bailed all these companies out. Um, you know, and on a side note about that, you know, there's some evidence coming out that he was the one who triggered uh, their downfall and he was also their savior. Uh, mm. But that's beside the point. So he, you know, that was F FTX and essentially FTX, yeah they bought up a bunch of companies right that's like he yeah, bought yeah, these bought companies block, that were on the brink five. yeah of block five voyager it is you know and he and he he was being praised you know fortune magazine had him on as like a genius you know they're like oh he's like the next warren buffett yeah yeah um and there's you know there's there was a funny um article going around from sequoia capital which is a which is a big vc firm and i think they invested don't uh, this one? I think it's around two hundred million in um, in their in their last round uh, FTX because you know it's still a VC company. Uh, so in their last round, and in that in that article that they wrote, you know they were like, "Wow, this guy's so smart!" Blah blah blah. And now retrospectively, it's it was going around Twitter because all these you know tech people are laughing at it. You know, obviously mm -hmm. retrospectively, everything's twenty twenty. Oh, um, I mean, there's a great video. I'll have it in the show notes page of. Sam SBF on a on a um, yes. a panel with Caitlin Long, uh, and Caitlin Long basically was cr criticizing sort of the the uh, leveraging of Bitcoin. And she her line is, um, "A man and their leveraged Bitcoin is soon yeah. separated," or something like that. But SBF sort of is going against her in terms of her attitude against the the leveraging and the excessive leveraging. She essentially started a, a company called uh custodia bank that's a hundred percent reserved right so she was basically going the opposite route of him and so there's yeah. all of these sort of videos now per you know coming back around where like wait a second you know in the sense that like he was saying all these things we thought all these things about him and it turns out and we'll get there in a bit but the level of fraud or deception or that it was it's almost amazing to see this guy who was praised and and now you know clearly he duped a number of people. He's obviously more like Bernie Madoff than he was like, you know, Warren Buffett. Or and and oh. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you know that yeah. people were like I think he was getting praised as potentially better than Warren Buffett because he had all this like philanthropy sort of attitude. Like I was going to give away everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so was, it's crazy. So coming back to what FTX, I mean, you sort of touched on it. For those who are in the crypto scene. I think sort of the catalyst, you talked about two companies that were sort of failing that they bought up. There was also the issue with Luna over the summer. Luna, a lot of yeah. people would speculate that that FTX lost quite a bit of money there. And that was sort of the beginning of the end for them. Um, so if you want to continue with, you know, what you said about how how you were following this, like when we first started the episode. Um, and, and really, you know, we've talked about what FTX is. It was an exchange. It was the biggest exchange. It was blowing up. Um, in terms of where it came from, there's a bit of peculiarity there, um, or maybe we'll come back around to the when we talk about decentralized versus centralized. But you know, what can you give the the ignorant person, even myself, a little bit here? Um, you know, what really started this downfall slash 
the catalyst of it all. Um, yeah. How did it unwind and, or, and what was sort of the, the underlying thing that caused the unwinding? So, I mean, so, so, so FTX created uh, their own token called FTT, right? Uh, essentially, they just printed money out of thin air. Um, and September 9th, 2021, which is like near the end of the bull market, uh, it had a market valuation of like $9.6 billion, the FTT coins. Uh, and so that's what they used to sort of, you know, show that they had assets in their company and, you know, that's what helped them raise money. So uh, Sam Beckman fried was the founder of FTX and also this other company called Almeida, uh, Alameda, sorry, not Alameda, Alameda, which is like a market maker company. And they're supposed, they were supposed to be separate. Like they said, you know, these two aren't even in communication, the type of, they're very separate. Yeah. So but, let me, let me jump in here. Cause it's really interesting. Yeah. Almeida was the predecessor. And Almeida started by basically creating arbitrage. They were buying money, let's say crypto, let's say in the American market where it was easily accessible, and then selling it in eight, let's just say Asian markets where it was much I think less. It was in Korea, even specifically, yeah. I guess Korea, right? Yes, yeah. I think Korea is the particular one. Um, but they were essentially just arbitraging and made a crap ton of money from yeah. you know the difference, and then eventually that let's call it. Uh, opportunity in the market was everyone else started finding out about and, and essentially, you know, brought the price way down in Korea and no longer arbitrage opportunity. Mm -hmm. So now uh, that was sort of a successful business that he had done. And that led then him to trying to create this exchange, which, mm -hmm. you know, now you've got this claim of two entities that aren't related, but, but um, I, I think you're about to get there, but one of the criticisms I've seen is that really the books of the two entities were very much commingled mm. and and mm -hmm. poor um, poor asset corporate management. controls, <laughs> asset management, yeah. uh, in order to really be able to go, you know, from a as an accountant auditor world, I'm looking at this going like, how did this get they get away with this for so long? Apparently, um, they didn't even know how many employees that they had. <laughs> which is it's crazy and they didn't even and they paid apparent uh they were approving like financial transactions and salaries through like emojis on slack or whatever platform that they were using for team uh, uh team communication yeah it's like uh, i mean retrospectively you know everybody's kind of looking at like wow how did we miss this but you know in the hype of it where it, it's human at the end of the day it's just humans right playing each other um and so with ftx you know, they had um, uh, Alameda, FTX, and Alameda, uh, Alameda uh, had $14 billion in assets. But it turned out that most of it was FTT tokens. So it would be like, um, you know, it'd be like the, uh, a company essentially printing money and then the, the founder creates another company and, or like has another company and that company buys, you know, a certain portion of, uh, of this of this new printed token and as a result you know ends up pumping up the whole market and says you know if i if i if i printed a billion ft uh, like coin and then i bought like a certain percentage you know it would make the whole market even bigger and so then they took the ftt coins and then they listed it in ftx <clears throat> and as a result the you know and people started buying the coins right because uh, alameda which which is a market maker you know they they had some some shady deals. I mean, I'm sure they had more than one shady deal, but there was a story of a, you know, Solana, which is another crypto company, uh, crypto pro protocol. Some guy had, 
had had met up with Sam Bankman for and said, hey, okay, if I built if I create this protocol, like this crypto, would you list it on FTX? Uh, and and he said, well, you know, FTX doesn't approve this, Alameda does. So then uh, the founder said, okay, oh, can you make the connection with Alameda? And then they did. Obviously, it's his company, Alameda. And so Alameda said, okay, if you create 100 million um, of your protocol co- uh, tokens, we'll take, th- we'll take 30 million of it, and then the rest will put in the, in the market, right? <clears throat> and so when it hit the FT- uh, when it hit FTX, it already had some uh, like some sort of valuation. Anyway, so that's what they did with FT team. Yeah, well, I actually heard. So the word I heard was for the for the you know knowledgeable investor, they were front running the yeah. coins, and so which is very very fraudulent, poor, you know, just basic. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, you know, this would just be deemed very. Uh, essentially, it's like you're giving your buddy insider information, early <laughs> access, and then yeah. you're, which ends up being yourself, um, you know, and then you sell it in the public market, right? And so you're yeah. essentially creating an opportunity for you to get rich by doing nothing without, and, and you're not being transparent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the whole idea. It's, it's not like they had said, okay, like for example, the one you just gave, had they said, we're paying them a commission of 30 million tokens for, you know, a, uh, let's call it a, listing these. It wouldn't be so shady because it's transparent. It's, it's the lack of transparency that, that is really the problem. Um, and so, as you were continuing the, the yeah, so, you know, just yeah, lots of shady deals, lots of shady deals. And then somebody leaked uh, the balance sheet of FTX. I think it's November 2nd, not November 6th, as I previously said, um, and that, you know, they were essentially uh, that and the, and the balance sheet was showing that, Hey, Alameda, you know, all these assets they had, like, you know, the, the, all their 40 billion assets is mainly in FTT tokens. It looks like, you know, FTX doesn't even have money that they said they did. So then CZ, which is who is the founder Binance of zone. Binance. Yeah. yeah. And there was some back and forth going on, you know, like there were things that CZ, he was tweeting, obviously. This is the, the craziest thing, the is, thing this is, is on all Twitter. happening on Twitter, right? This is not, this is, this is, this is like you're watching this unfold live. So back in, you know, there, there was some back and forth between Sam Bankman Fried and CZ. And CZ essentially, Binance actually helped finance. Uh, FTX in the beginning, and so they own a bunch of FTT tokens. Uh, and so, when the balance sheet got leaked, uh, I assume CZ read it, and and so he tweets out that they're going to start liquidating their. Uh, I think they have two billion or something in um, FTX uh, FTT tokens. And so when they tweet it, the whole like the, <laughs> the price just plummets, right? And it drops. I forget what it dropped. I think it dropped around like twenty one dollars wherever it was previously and that as a result of it dropping so um as a result of it dropping ftx and alameda they all had margin calls on their ftt tokens as they as the, essentially it was like a mini bank run happening so they started buying up their tokens to prop it back up right and so it was 22 dollars. it dropped and so they kind of like brought it back up and it's kind of floating. Um, and this is where it gets and, crazy. And finance gets out, basically. And, and, and yes. And so um, the CEO of Alameda, um, who, I'm sure we'll get to this, who is Sam Bagman, SBS girlfriend. Um, well, sort of. I would, I, I'll say we can leave it here, but I'll just say there's plenty of articles. I'll have lots on the show. Apparently they lived in a 10-person house that was like some sort of, 
polyamorous connections amongst all of them. And so, of course, the CEO of, again, Sam's company that he no longer runs is actually his girlfriend or was his girlfriend romantically at some point. So, as you were saying. Yeah, that's 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 the best way to put it. That's the best way to summarize. I'm sure there's going to be like an HBO movie or Netflix series coming out, you know. WTF, FTX, you know, like the what you tuned in with. So, um, so yeah, so uh, SEZ tweets this and it drops the market. The, the, the market drops, right? Obviously, the market reacts. They're like, oh, shit, this is this is real. Uh, so people start tra- trying to take their money out as fast as possible. Um, but then, you know, Alameda and FTX come in, kind of prop it back up. And then the CEO, Caroline, uh, Caroline, Oh, I forget what her last name is. Uh, she um, tweets to CZ saying, "Hey, we'll, you know, if you don't want the FTT tokens, we'll happily buy all of it for twenty-two dollars," which essentially was an indicator to the whole world or whoever was trading that that was a margin call, right? And so they re- sort of revealed it all, and then lo and behold, the the market reacted. Everybody started pulling out. And what's nuts is that what's nuts? <laughs> I see Josh McDonald. <laughs> Josh McDonald's a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, hey Josh. Uh and what's nuts is that okay, right now the price of FTT token is $1.2 or something like that. Okay. But here's the crazy thing. So after that whole they, you know, Caroline comes on and says, Hey, we'll buy for $22. Like the 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 um uh the outflow of money right from FTX is in 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 the in the first twenty four hours it's like three hundred million in the in forty eight hours is six hundred million and then in a week is one billion dollars which is you know that's a bonkers. And, and we're talking was it nine billion uh, valuation? Was that what you said? And four, I think it was fourteen no. billion was the valuation of. Uh, no, 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 their value. No, FTX valuation was thirty-two billion. Okay, okay. So it was thirty-two billion, but Alameda had apparently fourteen billion in assets. Uh, okay. And most of it was in FTT tokens, right? So okay, okay. So essentially, they just said they printed money, and they're like, "Hey, we have tons of money, guys!" Right? That, that was what what it was, and right before. Um, uh, I think sometime in October, um, sat back and free and said, you know what, we're going to stop buying, bailing out companies. You know, we have $2 billion in cash. You know, we're just going to keep that, you know, gunpowder. Um, and we're looking to raise another another round. So when this all happens, you know, the whole, it's like over a weekend, if I don't, if I remember correctly, this is like on Friday or Thursday or something. It's like over the weekend, this whole thing's happening. The, um, uh, during the weekend, I think uh, SBF reached out to Binance. There were rumors that he reached out to CZ to help build him out. So Binance signed an uh, uh, LOI, but a non-binding LOI. It's like a letter of intent that they'll buy. All the yeah, it allows them to do some due diligence, get some access to the books, essentially a non-disclosure, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they were looking at people like, wow, you know, Binance might save this. And then... A few days later, Biden is like, mm, nope, you know, <laughs> and they said, and CZ tweeted, there's all tweets. He's just like, you know what? We looked at it. We're not comfortable. And Sam Bankman-Fried, they ended up filing for bankruptcy. 
And so with FTX, the interesting thing is FTX, there's FTX US, which is separate from FTX International. And FTX International was the one in trouble. So uh, when FTX tweeted this, uh, when Sam SPF tweeted, he said, hey, it's the international one's in trouble. The US is perfectly fine, totally safe. Anytime a founder says, you know what? Your money is safe. Your crypto don't is Don't worry. You don't, don't need worry. another bank run. We've got you covered. Exactly. And then, lo and behold, you know, FTX. More money kept out. flowing out. Yep. I'm assuming bank. nobody trusted them. Nobody. So, like, at this point, like, everything was gone, right? They just, def they were defaulting on all, on all their loans. Um, so, a ton of people who put their money, you know, their, I should say that their assets in FTX for storage, which they shouldn't have done in the begin to begin with. Uh, they, I don't know if they're going to get their money back. But they certainly, you know, lost. I don't know if I saw it so, in articles. I, I saw that I saw this one article. I don't know how true it is, but some guy it said that he had lost over two hundred million dollars. I don't know how true it is in the FTX stock, but if it is true, that's very sad. I, I remember seeing a few sort of comments along those lines. People lost a lot of money. Um, I think, and I may not be able to find the article for this because it is a little obscure. I recently saw an article about somebody from Mount Gox, like Mount Gox people finally getting their money. Yes. They, that, right? that was supposed to be about in September. I think yeah. that's when they started. But, but what was Mount Gox? Like five years? No. Was it before no, 2017? Mount Gox 2015, right? Right. So this is seven okay. years later. Yeah. They're finally looking to distribute some of the, like Mount Gox is literally the, the first FTX. Now it's an oversimplification. But but to some extent, would you agree that Mount Gox yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was somewhat the same thing? Without, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It was just a yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, more you more so. you know early stages, but but in essence, same kind of thing. It this is seven years later mm -hmm. that some people are finally going to get some of the money. So what happened is basically they went into Mount Gox, took custodian of it because they went bankrupt, and and now you're sorting through who has claims, who owns, who's owed money, who's what. Right now, is it possible that, you know, this is going to be much quicker because much more big players involved? Someone's willing to spend a little bit of money to get their money? Yeah. Sure. But still, this is a a, a thing that's going to take a long time to sort a, out. And, I don't, and you don't even know if it's going to happen because with FTX, they, you know, they had the hack just a week or maybe two weeks ago. They had the hack or maybe, oh, sorry, it's a week ago. What am I saying? This all so, happened in like two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah. So for the context, though. what was the hack? What are, what are, basically what we're talking about is that um, they claimed bankruptcy and, and shortly- All assets had to be frozen. Like you couldn't do anything. And shortly thereafter, they were hacked. And was yeah. it 600 million oh, worth of yeah, assets? I think, it's a, I think it's like 600 or 500 or something like that. It was withdrawn, With, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, all of a sudden it's just withdrawn. And yeah. and then it turned out that the FTX team, the executive, they had like a God mode, uh, like a back back door. To yeah, the whole that, thing. that's why I've heard the speculation was that SBF um, had a back door to, to basically yeah. do this withdrawal. Now, the even crazier part is they were in uh, the Bahamas, right? The whole yep. thing set up was in the Bahamas. And SBF donated... I can't say how I don't know how much, but millions of dollars to the uh, to the government there, and apparently the government accepted some of the money through FTT tokens. <laughs> so, 
So uh, they, they got a short end of that stick. They got a short end of that for sure. And at one point, you know, Sam, SBF's bank, uh, his private jet was leaving the Bahamas to Dubai and people were tracking because there's, you know, you can track, yep. track yeah, planes. Yeah, it's plane now, trackers. Yeah. I don't know. I right At this point, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's still, I don't know where he is, but he, he was giving interviews at, at, uh, at New York Times. It's like, and and he was tweeting. I uh, sorry. He was messaging a reporter at Vox, knowing full well that she was a reporter. And then she ended up, you know, screenshot uh, screenshotting, screenshotting, all this and, and, and he's like, "Oh, this effective altruism it was all fake. It was just PR." You know? Yeah, and, which is so crazy, right? Like this guy who's got this crazy persona. Yeah. Is now, I, and honestly, I don't even know how much. What do you believe? Right? His argument basically he's saying to this Vox reporter, "Yeah, all that stuff I was saying was just part of the game." That, yeah. that we have to play and i don't and, you know it, it's tough because do i trust him i've never trusted sorry <laughs> this is my i've never trusted sam backman freed uh, you know one he's a vegan two he talks about this effective altruism which i'm generally not a fan of yeah you you being the philosopher would be all up and up on the yeah, what that know, means it's, it's hard it right it's, it's hard like anytime somebody's and there's tons like effective altruism is like the it's like a buzzword in in the tech world, right? Everybody wants to be an effective mm. altruist. It's like it's it's a thing, but it's really it's anyways. That's a different topic. I never really that's like, for a future Kazingram reboot. Kazingram, on, uh, yes, podcast. exactly. So I've never like you know I've never been a fan of his, um, I, but you know I obviously never had any sort of evidence to be like okay this is why. Uh, but there, there's this one dude that I saw. I forget who he was. I saw a clip. Somebody he said you know. If some guy's a multimillionaire but pretends to live like he's not a multimillionaire, pretends to drive, you know, his Corolla around and he's super chubby, I don't trust him. It was just like some video that I saw. <laughs> um, but, For know, those who don't know, that's exactly what SBF yeah, was. Sorry, that is, that is what SBF <laughs> was. He was, you know, he, he progressively put on more weight. He looked great. He looked, you know, less and less in shape as he. As and, he and I mean, he just, he didn't present, he tried to present himself as like this. You know, hobo, I would want to say hobo chic just as like, yeah, you know, in the sense a, that like, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, he, he had this put together look, but, but trying to not to be a suit. Yeah. Yeah. And with all of this debacle, FTX, if you guys remember FTX back in the summer, uh, last summer, it was huge. Like they had, they had bought the naming rights to. I think at the I think the uh, LA one of the big the big LA stadium I think it was the LA oh, stadium. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, they were all over the uh, what's that thing American the American big su- Super Bowl. Jeez. I was gonna say, dude, are you talking about the Super Bowl? Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's huge. The crazy part about this the FTX Super Bowl is like Tom Brady was on the commercial, right? Yeah. Like there was all these Everybody. celebrities. So I mean. Shaq. I, I want to park that for a second because I want to come back. Like essentially you're talking about his really get, like part of this has to do with his affiliation with public, but also then yeah. it gets into regulators and the Democrats. But before we go there, I do want to sort of come back to the whole decentralized versus centralized. And you said, Oh, I never trusted this guy. And, yeah. and when you said that my mind went to, because of this very thing, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. part of, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if, you know, if there's a different reason, but he's basically part of this centralization of you know, this decentralized cryptocurrency. He's he's part of sort of doing the exact opposite of what the long term is, and he's promoting it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not like 
oh, hey, this is a means for mass adoption. Mm -hmm. No, he's literally trying to usher in the centralization of a decentralized concept. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, that would be like, honestly, I never touched FTX. I never, you know, a lot of this stuff for me has always been crypto is all about technology. Like I'm always into like, you know, I'm interested in things like Hashgraph. I'm interested in, you know, different versions of blockchain or, or proof of work versus proof of stake. And so I've largely avoided a lot of the FTX and the public stuff um, because I sort of am comfortable with the level of understanding I have. And I know the mm -hmm. direction I'm, I'm interested in and the long term play. Let's call it from an investment slash, you know, and and not that we need to say this, I think, based on the conversation so far, but just maybe as a obviously what we're saying here has not been ad investment advice. And at, at oh, some yeah. point, if we get I don't a little think bit we've more, said anything about buying. Right. So, no, no, exactly. So but even still uh, the asset as a whole, you know, do yeah. your own due diligence. Obviously, FTX, FTT should be an example of how any of these coins could be could be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, be careful what you're investing in. So coming back to that, you know, I would say, what is it that made you not trust this guy? Is it the centralized de versus decentralized part of it or is it more to it? Hey, Joel here. We're cutting off the episode. We're about 40 minutes into our conversation. We go about a total of an hour 20. So we're going to cut it off here. We basically just finished the part of the conversation about what is FTX and what happened. As you can tell, we teased a little bit of where the conversation's going. And, and so you'll see... Uh, when, when we hit it up, start back up next week, centralized versus decentralized finance will be really what we're talking about, as well as why does IJ not trust SBF? And then we'll touch on SBF's love affair with regulators and the Democrats and uh, a number of other things as we finish out the conversation. So Six Sense Makes Change. Look for us. Part two next week. But you heard me. Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.